0: So today, how can I be sure? How can I be sure of heaven? Very important question. If you'll bow your heads with me, I'd like to open in prayer. Father, thank you that you, uh, through your word, reveal your plan and your heart for us. I pray now that you speak to us. I pray that you do whatever is necessary to guide me as I share, but also to guide us as people to follow you. And experience all that you want us to know today from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 23, we find a promise that Jesus made. It's a promise that he made at his last part of his last hours of life, and it says, Today you will be with me. We're in paradise. When we look at this verse, we begin to see that uh, he's hanging there on a cross with two thieves. Actually, they've been led up there, they're being crucified, and and when one of these thieves if you want to say is ask Jesus about eternity uh, he, he didn't he didn't hear Jesus kind of do the old well let me get back with you or well let's see if you're you measure up uh, this this promise that Jesus made at this time in his life was for uh, this thief and he said today you'll be with me in paradise and so how can we know this promise is for you and I I believe that uh, over a course of time, many adults think that it has to do with church attendance or how how good you've done this or that, or it's like a scale, and you know, if I do enough, it tips over and overcomes all the bad. and And I, today, I hope more than anything, you hear the truth between all that or, or about all that. See, I believe about knowing for sure is a a freeing, delivering uh, belief to have in your heart. It's the most important question. It's it's uh, it, it's gonna. It, it came upon this thief to realize that he was facing uh, the end of his life, and he had a, a thought about. It. He had a a training in in being that there was an ever, afterlife. Anybody here believe there's an afterlife, or is he just? You do what you do and then you die, and that's it, you know? No, it, there is an afterlife. And he knew that that day, when he got up, that he was going to not live beyond the, uh, the end of that day. And for some of us, that may be true to you, uh, not knowing. It could be today and next week, a number of years. It could be a long way off. But there is an absolute truth that one day you will arrive at, at uh, heaven's doors. Everyone. Everyone will come to a last day here on earth. So the question is, what will happen to you then? What will happen to you then? See, Jesus, when he came to earth, had a mission, and the mission was to uh, bring uh, us uh, an insight to the Lord's plan, and the whole reason he came is to redeem us, to allow us to have and make a bridge for us to reconnect uh, a relationship with him this side of heaven, but really to make a way for an eternity with God. He did not come to keep people out of heaven. He wasn't the rule maker, the rule, you know, uh, don't this, don't that, don't do this. No, no, humans have added that to it. But no, he, he wanted everybody to get into heaven. That's why he came. And, and this matter of getting into heaven should be the most important thing in your life, whether it's making money and business and all those things. That should not be uh, uh, the top priority. It should be, are, are you going to make it to heaven? Are you able to get to heaven? Do you know that for sure? Jesus said, be on your guard against, this is in Luke 12, uh, against all covetedness, meaning you wanting things for one's life does not what? It c- consist of the abundance of his possessions. Now I know that somebody would might disagree with me that those people that aren't in this room, you know, I thought it was the boys with the most, most toys wins, you know, or uh, the ladies with the most purses and shoes wins or whatever your thing is, right? No, Jesus cautioned us. So Jesus, you, there's a story here that he uses this story and he says there's a, there was a man wrapped up in his work and he, he we find this in, in chapter 12 verse 18 and, and business was booming and, and things were great and he decided to expand and that's not wrong, but he said, hey, I'm going to tear down my barns and build larger ones and we all know how easy it is to get wrapped up into the, the success of the moment or the day. Churches can get wrapped up. There was a whole season of... in. Uh, not that, not that many years ago where churches had the concept, if you build it, they will come. And there's so many that are in debt or closing because they overbuilt and they overexpanded thinking that facilities, bigger buildings, bigger boxes would make people come. We know that's not the truth. And we also know that big boxes are the only place you get discount merchandise, but you don't get heaven, right? There's nothing wrong with expanding your business. It's nothing wrong to build a bigger hangar for your bigger whatever. As long as you don't lose sight that that's not the most important part. Amen? So this man's a planner. We talked last week a little bit about uh, some are planners or internalizers and some are externalizers. Anyway, but he's planning for the future. And, 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 and the message here that Jesus was trying to bring is don't lose sight of preparing for your future, your future that lasts beyond this life and knowing where you stand. So here's, a, here's a, a good practice. Here's a good habit. Every time you look at your savings account or your bank account, you look at the 401k or your IRA or whatever it may be, whatever your investment is for retirement, uh, ask yourself this question. How well am I prepared for the future that lies beyond this? Because we all want to have a good retirement. Well, we all want to be able to be taken care of and enjoy enough life after you're not working 40, 60, 80 hours a week. Uh, But what really matters is, are you prepared for the rest of your life? The rest. Some of you, um, I've got an illustration. You've seen me use this before. So if you'll take that and run that way. Oh, do I have to run? Well, no. I've used a yardstick before. And we're almost there. All right, come this way a little bit. So, so a lot of us uh, would say, man, life, you know, we got to work for it. Go for the gusto and do, and, and we're all this preparation. Yeah. You know? And I've used a yardstick before. I thought this was a little bit more uh, of an example. But can I say that right here, 50, 60, 80, 90, 100 years, you're going to cross through the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to end life on this side of life. This is just eternity, and it goes on and on and on. So what you do this side of life determines what going on. on see there? Look at this. It goes right past Frank and everybody. <laughs> eternity. Right there. Look at all you all are in the part of the... The reason I did it this way, look, you all are part of an eternal life. Now, whether it's on the heaven side or it's on the other side. Notice, Frank, I put you on this side. I just want you to, just want you to know got you covered and 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 i over here too i don't want anybody to be left out all right thank you Let's, i don't know what we're gonna do with it now but anyway all right but you need to be planning for how are you doing for the rest of your life it's a lot longer than this side of life are you ready i i heard a you've probably heard this before it's a preacher joke you know, we, we love to, to have things, but once you say goodbye to this side of, of living, did you know there's no such thing as a U Haul behind a hearse going to take your stuff with you? I mean, all the stuff's left behind, so you need to ask the question. The ultimate question for you and God is do you have an eternal future? What is your future? And how can you be sure of heaven? So here we have the thief on the cross. We have this situation that is going on. It's the end of Jesus' life. It's Luke 23. And you're trying, we can look in here and find the answer. There's two criminals are there. They're being put to death. It's the, uh, they'll be taken out to Golgotha, which is also known as the, the place of the skull. And, and on the right's one thief, on the left's one thief. And we find all this in Luke chapter 23, verse 32, 33. And one of the, the thieves here says, remember me when you come into the kingdom. The other one says, truly, and then Jesus says, truly I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. Isn't it interesting, the dichotomy of left and right of Jesus, just like the world. What did a thief do to get into heaven? This is so good to teach us about, are you sure you're going to make heaven? What did the thief do? It's kind of interesting. He didn't have a lot of room margin at the, on that day and those hours to do a lot of working in the nursery, even though that does get you heavenly points, <laughs> Right? It's, it's kind of interesting that it, it, this, it, I have to be good, I have to do enough. In and, and this particular situation, absolutely with great clarity says, look, uh, this criminal, this thief that cannot do anything by himself, Jesus says, you'll be in paradise with me today. When we think about this, um, this thief, this robber, he's obviously done enough to merit capital punishment. It must have been pretty big to merit death. But he hasn't been a guy that's lived a lot of good life. I know some of us in here would say, well, I started living a good life, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Some of you may say, no, (laughs) I'm hoping to start it tomorrow, you know. But you know what? That's okay. Jesus loves you. Uh, He wasn't, uh, he didn't need Jesus and say, oh, let's talk about it after you start living right and cleaning your act. He said, no, 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 today, See, his the 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 thief's hands and feet were nailed to the cross just like Jesus. He couldn't serve anybody, he couldn't do some good works. That wasn't part of the equation. If, If that was part of the formula, he was too late. He was out of time. But he said, today. Everybody say today. When Jesus gives you a promise, it'll happen. When Jesus acknowledges you, it will happen. And by looking at this particular story, we realize that all of us, that heaven's open to all of us. I don't know if you're the dirty dog, toad, sucking, whatever. I don't know what all bad words I could use that you might be. You might have messed up 882 times. It's not up to that. It's up to you. Looking at Jesus and believing his promise. The question, so what did he do? What did this thief do? How how can we uh, use this picture to tell us what things are going to do? So let me give you the answer. There's three words I want to use today to give you the answer. And the reason I want to make it this simple, I want you to be able to leave here today. You're over at the coffee shop somewhere. You're at work. You're out on the ball field. And somebody starts talking about heaven. And they start adding up all these things that you need to do. Or they begin to, to guilt you because you hadn't done enough. And you can say, let me give you three words. This is what got the thief into heaven y'all ready? How you say, well, let's, let's say amen, because you, you got the three words right there. Can I explain them though for you? I got two hours worth of material, the amens, the uh the participation takes off five minutes every time. Amen. There went five minutes right there. All right. turn Turner, I heard somebody earlier say turn or burn. Let me just use the word turn, okay? <laughs> On the cross for six hours, nailed to the cross, And it started off not really well. Both thieves were having a bad attitude and a bad day. Have you ever got up and you feel like you were hanging on the wrong part of, got wrong side of the bed, excuse me, wrong side of the the Jesus? And you just have an attitude. Did anybody have an attitude? Don't ask, don't answer that today. But here's this robbers. Matthew chapter 27 says, both robbers. We reviled him, we're, we're fussing at him, we're just, and in fact, look at Mark 15, it says that those, it was this multiple thing, uh, these both thieves are, are having a bad day and a bad attitude. So you can start off in, in the presence of Jesus with a bad attitude. Just go note that. Okay, good. Glad there's hope for me. Okay, just note that. And then there's a change that occurred to one of them, and the Bible calls this 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 turning or this change repentance. Everybody say repentance with me. I'm trying to give you this in very basic ABCs because it's not about necessarily you getting it today for yourself. It's I want you to be able to take this truth out to the streets, taking it to the streets, right? That's what the church is supposed to do. Truth. Simple. One writer says, turning with as much as you know of yourself from as much as you know of sin to as much as you know of God. Wow. Wow. See, sometimes we don't know much about the depth of our sin or the depth of God, but we just turn with what we have. Isn't that neat? This definition is, it, it reveals that as we walk with Christ... The definition actually gets deeper. This turning can get more, we can have more understanding. We, we learn what repentance really means. That's why some people will say when I was 10, I, I, was baptized. I gave my heart to Jesus and got baptized. Now I'm 45 and I realize how much I've been saved. The amazing grace of God has saved me from, I know so much more now. Can I get baptized again? And you know, we have a lot of laws here. No, we don't. Because you can get it as many times as, as, as the Lord convicts you because it's just water but it's your shout out to where you're at. It's a mile marker, right? The more you learn, the more you realize what repentance really means. Of course, everything has a beginning. This thief... We see making a turn, a first step. He's hanging there. He's and so then, what's the first step? Is to begin to fear God. Fear God. You say, well, I don't know if I want to fear. Let me tell you why. What you're going to fear is the judgment. So this rebuking, we worry, we worry so much about that. But in Luke 23, it says, "Do you not fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation?" This is this guy's heart's beginning to change. He's realizing what, uh, that, that that there's going to be a judgment, and so he's talking to the other thief. He's saying, "Look, you're you're saying all these." bad things you're you're not you're not you're not recognizing what we're about to face that eternity is before us and you're still hung up on this the fearing of god is realizing god sees all knows all he knows your hearts your thoughts he knows what you did last night he knows what you did nobody else knows kind of scary huh how many would like i wouldn't okay Everything that's going on in here 24-7 to be put up on the screen on Sunday morning. Hmm, think about that one. Or when you're talking to somebody, they could see what you're thinking as they're talking. Thank you, Jesus, for not making us that way, right? But before God, all our hearts are open. There's no secrets. And one day you will give an account. That's what the Bible says. Not to man, but to God. And he's going to lay out everything that's... Happened in your life. Every thought, every good thing, bad thing, he's going to take a look at that and he's, it's called judgment. And the thief realized that because he had been brought up as a Jew. He knew about God. He knew about there was an afterlife life, and he began to, to realize what's coming. And so when you think about it, uh, if he had given it some weight, if you'd given some importance to this kind of uh, understanding or realization before this moment, he might have fared better, better based on his faith and his training. But he was struggling. We get there, don't we? We struggle. Sometimes we get to a place in the road and we realize, wow, I've gotten off track a little bit. He's struggling. Eternity is before him. And he turns. And there is a great God and soon I will stand before him. Do you realize that there's a great God and that we'll all stand before him? Hello, twenty twenty-two people in this culture. Every knee, every knee will bow. Not just those that go to church, every knee. And the turning begins when you begin to reconcile that that's a truth for everybody. That, that turning begins to when you think, oh, have you ever been driving down the road and you look this way? What happens to your steering wheel if you're driving? You drift back. It, it goes with where you're focused, where you begin to be, have realization. And you recognize and you begin to recognize that Christ is king. What a great thing for us to be reminded of when we're out driving <laughs> or doing whatever we do. Christ is king one day. Uh, and so here's this mocking that's going on, and, but there's a recognizing that he is the king of the Jews. There's this theme that we find running through the through the soldiers and through everything. In fact, there was a sign you know, that, that stated those things. And so we find in verse 42, the thief says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He's recognized who's there being punished like he should be punished, but Christ shouldn't. And he recognizes Jesus is king. Will you, may I be with you in paradise? So how can you be sure of heaven? The first word is what? Say it with me. Turn, if you've got your steering wheel going and you're doing 95 in the 45, whatever your thing is, right? Mach 2 in your speedy jet, okay and and if you begin to pick up God in the in the side just begin to think about it he things will begin to realign see to, to fear God to submit yourself to Christ the king before you're up nailed onto something before you're before Jesus and or before God and being judged let his way be your way let his truth be your truth let his life be your life. The faster we begin to do that on this side of heaven the more we get in alignment for the rest of our life. Amen. Then there's another word ask. Everybody say ask. So we turn, we ask. Go say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The thief asks. Folks, you're, you, are I've seen so many people that have a pride that blocks what God wants to do. God is calling them to take a step in faith this way. God's trying to bring transformation or healing in their life, but we won't let go. But when the thief asked, Jesus responds. That's the same today, folks. I don't know if you ever realized that, but if you ask today, Jesus responds. The, the king of kings, with all the power of authority, if you ask in the name of Jesus and line with this will, it comes, did you know that? I mean I, there should be some people getting all wiggly in their seats because there's some needs out in here there's needs, but you have to ask. the thief asks asking means that you don't pretend to be righteous well i've got great church attendance i've been going to church I mean in fact some of you got a drug problem you 've been You've been drugged to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. You've heard me say that before. Man, you say, well, I've got that that Christ drug. I mean, I've been there every time the doors are open. That doesn't get you into heaven. Don't pretend. Everybody say, don't pretend. Don't pretend. Don't pretend I, I do good enough to weigh out the bad. Don't pretend. Realize God sees you. Don't pretend that the thief doesn't say, well, hey, I've done some bad. St-. You know, we get in this negotiating. We get into this thing of, of trying to rationalize a reason. And, and, and he says, don't pretend. See, Christ, come with it to him with honesty and humility and face him and say, look, I'm a sinner. It's okay to say that word. Okay. If you've sinned, you've been a sinner. I'm a, I'm actually a staker and a coffier. How many like steak? Excuse me. Let me, let me translate. How many like I'm a, I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. Right. I also like fish and chicken. And if it doesn't wiggle or move, I eat it. Right. I am I'm a, anyway, I was trying to go somewhere there anyway, but be honest. If you have sinned, it doesn't make you a sinner today, but you have been a sinner, right? We have failed. Tell him that. I've fallen short of you, God. I've fallen short of your glory. Thank you for the blessings. I feel I'm in a good place now. But I know compared to you, compared to your perfect will and way, I've not hit it. Come to him and turn to him and then begin to ask of him to help you. See, all have fallen short of the glory of God. All. Everybody say all. All. You don't think all except those people over there. You know, you except them. No, all. Asking means you don't try to make a deal. Oh man, I've done this. I don't know if anybody's like this. I have made deals with God. If you just give me a a, grade, a passing grade on this paper, I will do, I will like serve in the nursery. I promise. I'll break up with that boyfriend at least for a day. Don't make deals. We like to make deals. Humans like to make deals because we kind of feel we're, you know, odd to owe somebody. If they do something nice for you, then you got to owe them back, right? That's just kind of how we are. If you've been in sales or negotiating, you always go with something. You always lead with what you can do for somebody else. Can I say Jesus doesn't need you to do anything? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Because some of you are smarter than me and I'd be like way back on the line and might miss the bus and the doors will shut and aren't you glad it's not done that way? Aren't you glad? he came empty-handed. He, he came with no offer. Oh, no, no. He turned, and then he asked. He turned from whatever was going the direction, whatever mindset that he had. No matter how he came to church that morning, he turned because God began to get his attention, and he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, he was the king, and I'm going to have an eternity, and I'm going to be judged, and he turned to him, and then when he recognized that in his own life, even on Sunday morning, I'm talking about somewhere else, I'm sure, uh, he says, Look, Lord, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. No deals. Don't deal with the Lord. Just come to Him and admit who you are. So what happens? here's what happens when you come to God with a deal. Let me just tell you why. If you begin to make a deal with God and he, he smiles on you for a moment, you're going to have, have this thing the rest of your life like, well, you know, I'm struggling because, you know, I've tried to live up to my side of the deal and I keep falling short a little bit. I've, I told him I, I'd never do that again, right? How many of you have ever said that and then wound up doing it again? Man, if you'll just help me with this one more time. Fifty-second time, get me delivered from this or I'll never, I'll never think that way again. And then, you know, you think that way again. God doesn't make deals. He only makes deals with the covenants that he originates. He's not going to make a deal with you. So asking, right? Asking. Asking means that you come to Jesus empty-handed. Asking means knowing you, there's nothing you can offer him. Asking, it's, it's, your, it's, it's saying, Jesus, Jesus. Can I, will I be with you in paradise? May you. Jesus says, yes, you will. Trust. What was the first one? Turn. What was the second one? Get your fingers up if you need help or kick your shoes off and use your toes. Turn, ask, and now it's trust. The thief's putting himself in the future and his future in Christ's hands. Amen? Let me give you an example here. This is about open-heart surgery. Let's say you had a severe heart problem. And you could tell it, man. It's, it's got you somewhere. And so what do you do? You go to the expert. You go to the heart doctor, the cardiologist. And the cardiologist says, man your plumbing needs some help. There's some stuff internal into you that needs to really get taken care of. And he begins to uh, say, I can take care of that. And that's why you went, right? And so he sits you down and says, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to knock you out. We're going to make you unconscious. Then I'm going to take a scaffold. I'm going to open you up here. We're going to split your breastbone. He goes into all the details of how they're going to handle your heart, maybe pull it out, work on it, put it back in. I don't know, crazy stuff. And if he ever shows you a video, you might pass out. But anyway, you're listening to all this stuff. And he says, now sign here. And we'll get on it. Do you know people sign that? I mean, like, okay. Do you know why they sign that? They realize he's going to bring you something that you can't do for yourself. He can take a heart issue, Jesus, and he can bring you what you can't do for yourself. You have to trust him. The thief trusted Jesus. He trusted the promise. What's the promise? Say it out loud with me. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, the promises of the Savior is to a person who trusts him. Not just turns, not just asks, but it's the trust part. Isn't that, Remember the three, three words? Simple. Sounds simple, doesn't it? That That thief was in the same position. He didn't all of a sudden come off the cross. He was in pain. And every hour that he hung there, it got worse. The wounds where the nails were driven, kept expanding because of the weight of his body, he's in a really tough place. And just pick this up here in that look that, that he trusted the Lord. And, and when we turn and ask and Jesus saves us, what, what we need to realize that, that, that you, you can use his word and you can use his promise, but it doesn't mean that you're going to avoid pain. It's not a, it's not a passport away from pain or going through what you're going through, but there's a hope of a future and eternity. You come, you ask, you believe, you take the promise. Amen? Mm. What we learn here is that you can trust him in the darkness. I know of some families that have had some miles lately that seem really dark. Here's Luke 23, verse 44 says it was now about the sixth hour. They're just about to breathe their last. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And I'm talking about the thieves here. Christ is, is, is dying, but they live a little longer. They lose sight of this Christ, this king, and they begin to, to realize that the end is almost near. We hear They hear Jesus, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And you begin to, I'm sure at times when we're in the dark places, we say, oh, Lord, I sure hope what you promised is real. You can turn to Jesus, you can ask Him to save you, you can trust Him, but you will have times where you will have to trust through faith what He promises you. If you're talking to somebody at the coffee shop, maybe you're using this just as a backdrop to just some conversation, and they're going through some really tough times. Maybe it's relationally, maybe they're on the verge of divorce, maybe they have a child at ICU, and you're trying to encourage them, just remind them that, Even in the darkness, Christ's promises are true. Also, you can trust in the pain. We see this, this agony that's going on, this pain. I don't know what pain you may have gone through recently, but Jesus is right there with you. His promises haven't changed. And you can even trust him in death. We're all going to hit that place. We're all going to be there. Maybe it's going to be quickly, and you didn't see it coming, or it may be a lengthy transition. We're all going to wind up stepping across death's threshold. Without Christ, there's referred to as a sting, a punishment, a a result. But with Christ, oh, death, where is your sting we hear? We have to fix our eyes, not on what we've done. When you get close to the end of life, you don't go, let me just go, let me review for you, God. Hold on just a minute. Remember, remember I did this good and I did serve in the nursery a little bit. And Lindsay not, is really good to work with and the team over there with faith, you know, I hope I'm getting brownie points. I just hope so. So, so anyway, this great team. But we don't, we don't review all that you've done well. No, 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 no. You should be standing there going, instead of facing what's behind you up to this point, you turn around and begin to look at glory. And you say, Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for the hope that I have in you. And through my death, I step into glory with the hope of eternity with you. I've watched people's faces change minutes before they left this earth because I could see they were facing that the gates of glory had opened up and they were beginning to see what that looks like. And they could hear the, vo- the angelic voices. They could hear Jesus say, come home, come home. And you will be in paradise. Ask after you turn, 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 ask, and trust. So this rope that went out here, I, I want to use it as a closing. And I'm going to ask Darla to come out. I, I leave these end uh, times for the Lord to do ministry with you. But I was thinking about this rope. And how much attention Bill Williams gives to, uh, I'm going to back this up once. How much attention I've given already this, this many years of my life. But this morning what I want to ask is, and Laura, if you'll take this one here, go, this, go that way. Go all the way to the end of the stage. I want us to ask is anybody, Let's lay it here on the steps. If that's your eternity, if eternity's before you today, and all you have sight of up till now is that little piece that you've been working on, but here's eternity before you today. I don't want you to leave without you considering this. I don't want you to leave today without you really reconciling in your heart. Do I know for sure that I'm going to be in heaven? Am I realizing it's not up to me, but him? So I'm going to give us a minute or two just to ponder that. And and, and I would ask you as you think, if the Lord moves you to say, yeah, I... I want to work I want to have I, want to, I just want to do better at considering my eternity I need some help over here Lord but it's in light of this if you're praying we're going to bow our heads and just let the Lord work but if you're as you're praying the Lord begins to move in your heart anything you don't need to tell me, but he starts moving in you, causing you to reconcile a few things, maybe causing you to turn a little bit, or maybe begin to have you ask some things right now today. Or maybe just you need to trust a little more today. I'm just going to ask you to stand up, still praying, still heads down, eyes bowed. Just stand up where you're at. We're going to close with, with that. So let's bow our heads. You talk to God. Listen to what he's saying today. And you allow him to move you either to your feet or to your face. Whichever is best. Amen. God, help us. Help me today, Lord. To embrace your promise, Lord. Help me to realize you've done for me. Lord, help me to not be better than a thief, but to see myself in light of you. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, I turn to you, Lord, and begin to ask to confirm in me the things. anybody this morning need to they just sense the Lord saying trust me more if he's, if he's put on your heart to trust him more just continue to increase you trusting his promise and his ways I'd, I'd love for you to stand or if you're finding yourself asking the Lord of anything today would you stand or maybe today you're here and you need to turn Maybe you've not veered off course most of your life and God today is speaking to your heart and he says, follow me. And you've not made that step. Just stand. God is so faithful. Father God, we come to you in the name that's above every name. His name's Jesus. And devil, we put you on notice that the name of Jesus is prevailing right now over these people, over our minds, over our hearts, over our bodies, Lord, over this congregation, Lord. Jesus prevails. He is our king. He is all authority and all power, all forgiveness, all of the things, Lord. And he is here in the devil. You're not welcome. Father, I ask that you would open up the floodgates of heaven meeting every individual need from people that need to accept you today as their Lord and Savior by just saying, I believe, and you will come into their heart. Help them begin the journey with you. Or Father, if we're <laughs> we've just getting tired of doing it on our own, we've got you, but we're doing so much on our own. Lord, as we ask, I pray that you would, supernaturally invade that situation each person's situation invade it supernaturally bringing your almighty power to bear and then lord trust whether it's through the pain whether it's through death whether it's through confusion whether it's through anything this world this side of heaven would be lord we pray that our faith would be strengthened father help our help us in our lack of faith. It's so easy. And then Lord, I pray for all of us to realize what the rest of our life is to be about. Help us from this day forward to realize heaven is for real. That there will be a day of judgment. There's nothing we can do except turning to you and asking. And then Lord, as we journey until that day. May we be vocal about the testimony of you in our life. May we love others who are wayward or off the trail. Father, may we be a people who are called by your name, that we will humble ourselves, that we will turn from our wicked ways. We will seek your face and pray, and you'll bring the healing. You'll bring yourself to their lives. Father, I want to lift up the O'Neill family and others who have experienced loss lately. Put your arms around them, Lord. Comfort them, Lord. For those in the hospital who are dealing with recovery physically, Lord, we just ask you to pour out healing today over their bodies. Be an ever-present in their rooms and wherever they may be. Father, we pray for the prodigal situations. Sons and daughters, that you begin to restore. Change what's in us first, Lord. Then let us be ready for what you'll do in them. Bless the church, Lord. Bless the pastors in this area that preach the gospel and the truth. Bless the people who attend and move in and out of all the businesses and all the commercial places and all the shopping, Lord. May your church rise up and realize this is preparation. May your church be alive. May them be anointed and empowered by your special, special spirit, we pray. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Man, you look great. About ready to go take the field? Hello? It's called the mission field. Go be the church. You're dismissed.